positions. Max, just do it. Okay, Max, you need to let him go now. Swap, please. Right, and coming back from the Singapore Grand Prix, um, pretty good one, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was um, interesting, a lot of development, and good to see Mercedes have a bit of a, a nothing weekend and unsure about what they're going to do about it, so it's good. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously the, the big news out of the weekend is that uh, Pastor Maldonado uh, got his contract Yeah, uh, at midnight. Midnight, yeah. Nice little sneaky release by Lotus. On a team that had 10 days to go. <laughs> yeah, they had 10 days to try and find anyone but Pastor Maldonado to get money from. Yeah, and uh, look, let, let's be honest. He is not an F1 driver. He, no. Not in the current situation he's in. Uh, yeah. He probably has the talent, but that is not why he was signed. Yeah, he, I think you've got to have that, that natural talent, but you've got to be smart enough to know how to apply it. Yeah. And not making good decisions. I think um, Jensen came out and said that um, he hasn't changed and he's not going to change. And that was just before well, he resigned, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Maldonado in F1. Solely yeah. because, one, it's great to watch. And two, it means that if I ever come across a billionaire willing to give me money, <laughs> I'm in. Yep. I'd, I'll be like, how much is Pasta giving Lotus? Uh, $10.8 million? Fine, here's 20. Like 20. Uh, I want to drive. And, you know, I'd reckon they'd be like, can you? Right. <laughs> He's 10 know. for spare parts. Maybe. So, yes, I've played... I've driven Spire many times on Gran Turismo. Yeah, I, I can PlayStation the motherfucker out. Actually, can you change the uh, the steering wheel to a PlayStation controller? That'd be fucking gold. <laughs> and we'd probably get some money from Sony as well. And they're like, oh, that's a great fucking idea. Let's do that. Yeah, imagine they never steering wheels... Because everything's drive-by wire now, so it's not direct linkage, is it? Pretty sure there is some linkage, but generally it is, yeah, drive-by wire. Imagine just being able to plug in your PlayStation controller, fang around. I think there is some level of linkage just because they... The drivers want the feedback. No, oh, yeah, that'll make sense. So, yeah, I think the Singapore race throws up a bit of a mixture being in a night race. Sort of, it's in the Asian area, but it's not within sort of our leg. We have Australia and mm. Um, mm. Malaysia and that. So, it's interesting to see them come back here and put on a night race. I think the, the cars look excellent at night. Oh, they look spectacular. And, you know, with all everything all lit up and that Sparks. weird... The weird boat on top of the skyscraper thing yeah. that they've got there. It's one of the most attractive races of the calendar. And it also takes the uh, engine out of the equation a lot because yeah. of the sequential corners. There's no real long, one kilometre long straight Yeah, yeah. where you can just wind it up. Uh, the downside is you do get less overtaking. Yeah. But you get a lot more daring overtakes. Um, some a little too daring. Yep. And some <laughs> that weren't really supposed to be overtakes and end up with cars in walls. Yeah, and that's the nature of the track, isn't it? You always end up getting a safety car, and it's always one that it scrapes in oh, in the two-hour limit. There was always like, going to be a safety car. Like, every Grand Prix, there's a fucking safety car at Singapore, um, which can be interesting, but in this case, came they both came around the time of the uh, pit stop, so, yeah. yeah. But um, oh, we'll go through that. Um, at the start, everyone got away pretty cleanly, except for uh, Kavir and um, Raikkonen. Oh, yeah, he... he um, Sat solid. Yeah, he got pushed back to the to the pits. Had had to start from there with a lap down. Mm, yeah, which um, you know to finish where he did, which was eighth, eighth spectacular yeah. recovery. But um, I remember seeing Kavir and Raikkonen into the first S. Yeah, and uh, Kavir had the position. Yeah, but he tried to sort of bully Raikkonen off, and Raikkonen yeah. was like, "I don't care if we both crash, man." Yeah, but the, the the good thing with Kavir was that he was sensible enough to take evasive action at the end when he realised it wasn't going to work and. You just can't stick it there on the first corner. Unlike someone like a Maldonado who's going to be like, no, nope, 
I've got this. Yeah, yeah. Raikkonen was, you know, it's the first corner. You've got to hold your position on the road. Um, yeah. Especially at Singapore, where it sets up the whole race. So you cannot fault Raikkonen for getting a little bumpy about it. Yeah. But, um, it was good to see Kvyat tried it and then backed off when he realises that, no, this is going to be dumb. Yeah, he didn't make himself just another uh, stat for us to complain about. <laughs> no. <laughs> that shit young drivers. He's actually... Um, Showing lots of improvement. Still complains it'll be on the radio, but what can you expect? Well, All drivers do. He's, he's in a car that isn't what it should be. And yeah. the results from uh, Singapore show that. Yeah. But, uh, this is a, a track that rewards a good package, good aero, good suspension. Yep. Uh, the engine gets taken out of it a bit. And, you know, without uh, the engine, yeah, the Mercedes engine being what it is, you'd have to say that Ferrari and um, Red Bull probably have the better chassis yeah yeah i agree and based I, on what we've seen here yeah and there were questions about how much of red bull uh development problems were with the chassis and how much was engine and i mean i think uh, i think they're right in their criticisms with renault it's just how you go about it that's not quite right but yeah well, i think people saying that renault never got any credit is kind of a bit bullshit in formula one because mm. first thing they they they're infinity red bull so renault have, have put infinity as one of their, and that was their choice yeah yeah and when they won the championships, dumb fucking choice. Exactly. And they're like, we didn't win, you know, we get no recognition. And like, Infinity brought out a Vettel car, a McGain or something. Yeah. And Renault didn't do anything. And the thing is, enough. No, Renault had the McGain. That was the Vettel edition. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I never, um, never even saw the McGain. I saw the Infinity um, Vettel edition. Five or what? Some say. bullshit. Never Maybe. seen one on the road. Never seen one in a in a shop. No. And but that's their idiocy. Yeah. Um, look, if you're in charge of Renault marketing, and I, I'm sure uh, Gosen is listening to this. Yeah. Um, figure out who your customers are. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if Renault, your customers are fucking mums and kids who want to buy 15-year-old Renault hot hatches. Yeah. So your new car market just isn't there for performance vehicles. Yeah. Um, I mean, when was the last time you saw a hot Renault? Um, I'm still yeah, waiting. Still... I've seen concepts, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so under that umbrella, you've got Nissan, which would be a brilliant fucking option, yep. rather than Infinity, which is their yeah. Nissan's version of Lexus. Yeah, yeah. When have we ever seen an Infinity and gone, damn, that's a fucking hot car? Yeah, exactly. Like, they're nice cars, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's nothing that just makes you want to make it go sideways. And the thing is, you're sponsoring a team that's full of designers and excellent mm. designers that build fucking awesome looking cars. Why don't you say, hey, let's just build a car, you draw it up for us because, hey, we shit at it. Yeah. And then you make it together, and then that's how you get uh, maximize your, your sponsorship investment. But I think in Formula One, more than me, most other sports, nobody's really going to pat you on the back for you. And you have to pat yourself on the back if you do a good yep. job. Yep. And Renault, like Red Bull win, all right, they go, yeah, we did great, you know, thanks to Renault, and that's it. It's up to Renault to throw their own song and dance about well, how good they did. They did, though. They had Mez on the podium quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. And they were always in the media, because yep. um, when you get the reaction uh, interviews and everything, they always interviewed the engineer from Renault. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the engineer from Renault was often saying in the last couple of years, oh, we're sorry for the engine braking. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, you can't say, we're not getting credit. You fucking broke the engine, dipshits. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, look, when, when shit happens, like um, a gearbox throws a, a clutch or the gear just shreds, then the chassis guy goes, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when the engine blows a piston like happened with the Ricardo earlier in the year on the yeah. final lap, yeah. um, you know, it's great he managed to cross the, cross the line, but yeah. uh, that's the engineer's, uh, the engine manufacturer's fuck up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you have to, you've got to show you're going to do something about it, but they've spent zero tokens, which kind of says they've just gone, fuck you to Red Bull, 
or they're not sure how to fix the, the problems that they've got with their engine. Well, that's it too. They're not trying. So mm. for whatever reason, they've they've put the, the pocketbook away and just said, look, we're not spending any money on this. We're not investing. And it seems like they've made the choice to not support Red Bull yeah. from the start of the season. And look, um, Red Bull probably misread that too because in the past, using the media to get your... Um, secondary companies on board has been the status quo. Like, yeah. you give someone a good rev up in the media and they go, right, well, we've got to fucking get underneath it. Yeah, yeah. That's not happened with Renault. Um, they've gone, well, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. And, and you've, yeah, you've got a sort of question like, there's not really much compromise in Red Bull and that's their nature and that's never been sort of a secret. But well, any team that's got Helmut Marco on there... The, their general default setting is cunt. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, if you're a car manufacturer and you can't build a good engine to compete, then you can't really blame that on the other people. You can't say, well, you know, when you were winning, you didn't give us credit because the engine wasn't why they were winning. That's just the fact of the matter. Mm. They were winning because they had a good engine. The engine was nice, tidy, you know, reliable because there was engine freeze and they've been around, the V8's been around for a fair while. But, you know, it's not like they were responsible for their win. So I think they're kind of being a little bit of a bitch about it. And if yeah. they're going to buy, buy a new team, which supposedly they are, they're ripping themselves off the chances of being able to test their new engines in the Red Bull because Red Bull have said we're not buying, we're not getting new engines, we don't want them because yeah. they're not going to have next year. They don't want to put the miles on their cars and give them the data from having their own development parts. Yeah, which makes sense next year. Um, you know, unless they can sort out something amicable, like say, so, all right, we'll give you new engines, you give us the data, and we give them to you for free or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, work it, work out something like that, or yeah. they label them fucking I don't know, Renaults or who cares. Yeah, but. Um, the two, well, the three mooted options were Mercedes, and Mercedes come out and said, nah, not having it. Yep. Um, which, you know, you, you can kind of understand. Yeah. But then again, if Red Bull win, Mercedes can still sort of put their hand up and say, we're responsible for that. Yeah, exactly. So, to me, the instant no doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Especially when you've got an Austrian company and a German company. Yeah. Um, it would seem to, you know makes sense to consolidate in the region especially with Germany being the only economy worth a shit yeah. in Europe and then you've got uh, coming in Ferrari who seem rather keen to supply Red Bull yeah. um, and we've spoken before about this it's advantageous to everyone yeah. uh, Red Bull get an engine that's competitive but not Mercedes so they're not yeah. going to be uh, forced to do things the way they don't want to do them Yeah. Uh, Ferrari get telemetry from Red Bull who everyone believes has the better chassis yeah and with their design team, fantastic Probably team. right, yeah. Uh, Ferrari have the design team to make the most of that data. Mm. So even though they're not going to be getting uh, spring loads or uh, aero deltas, they're going to be able to get exactly what the engine's doing every second of, of every nanosecond yeah. of the lap, which their guys are smart enough to turn that into real-world data they can use. Yeah, because the things that they use to get data is fucking amazing these days. Like, they'll use yeah. sound. They'll record the sound of engine oh, pass, and they can understand everything that's going on with it. They'll know the RPMs, so they'll, they'll, but they'll get the full telemetry from that anyway. So they'll know the RPM, uh, the torque factor, uh, how much load's coming through at the temperature, uh, the exhaust temperature, what the turbo's spooling at, uh, how much energy recovery is being used, how much energy has been recovered. So with all those different things, they'll be able to work out, all right, we're recovering this much energy. We can work out how much their brake bias is yeah. or... We know um, the engine was actually overheating then, which means that they've narrowed their cooling, or what they'll be able to work out so much yeah. from that. And if if you're in Ferrari's design team, all data is good data. Exactly. Yeah, 
and especially when they've been a team that has struggled to get quality data uh, mm. in their sort of backup marathon. they haven't paid for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the thing with Red Bull is that it's what they've invested in with um, the <clears throat> the CFD calculation instead of wind tunnel now, um, mm. they've got like a fucking just ridiculous supercomputer that um, they made themselves that um, does all their calculations for that. And apparently that's like a huge big thing. It's a big secret they've got going on there or some yeah. shit. But yeah, if they can get the data from that, then they can analyze it and get a whole lot of information out of it. So, I mean, in F1, there's always some sort of uh, sort of subtle underhand motives to everything. Well, and that uh, moves on to the third option that's been mooted, which is VW. Yeah. Now, this, to me, has all the hallmarks of um, two companies having no intention of working together, but getting together on a presser because they want something. Yeah. Um, for Red Bull... If you've got Ferrari's only option, Ferrari will not hesitate a second to charge you top fucking dollar. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and it would be a crazy thing. Because Ferrari, now you've got nowhere to go. I mean, Honda, yep. nah, that's not happening. Renault's already out, so bad luck. Here's our price. Pay, pay it or don't. Um, but the thing is, with VW in the thing, it, it kind of uh, gives Red Bull a bit of bargaining. Yeah, it puts options on the table as well. Exactly, because Red Bull can say, well, we do have VW as the option. And yep. Ferrari's going, well, you know, it's going to be a shit engine. Oh, well, you don't know that. We've seen the Veyron. <laughs> um, but on the, on the flip side, VW, in the same week, they're getting fucking smashed because they decided to do a bit of a dodgy on uh, their Golf. Did they? Yep. Um, to get uh, past certain tax brackets in the Europe and in the US market, you've got to have a certain level of emissions. Yep. And from what I understand, what they did was insert some code into the CPU or yep. ECU or whatever yep. that meant when the car is stationary, it runs at a certain timing. Right. Um, and I think it only runs off a single cam. Yep. And it, it limits the temperature and all that sort of shit. It's uh, the diesel version. Yep. Then once the car's in motion, it goes all out. Right. Uh, the difference being that when you're testing a car for EPA, yep. obviously it's not in motion. It's stationary. So it passes flying colours. (laughs) And once it's on the fucking road, that thing had 40 times these uh, emissions that it had when it was stationary. So It's just cancer coming out of the exhaust. Oh, shit, shit. So the US government's going, come on, lad. That's fucking bullshit. We're going to fine you. And Vito was like, what will you find us? Oh, let's say half a billion. And they're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh, And Europe's going to probably go down the same road because... Fuck them. Yeah. We need money. Exactly. We'll take it. I think Greece has already had three class actions. I don't think anyone owns a VW, but the wafting exhaust and what... They find them 3.8 trillion. Israel have come in for, for half a billion. Yeah. Actually, I think Greece... Not for VW, so... Greece just said double or nothing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see VW coming along as an engine manufacturer next year, and... I'd be shocked to tears if they actually bought Red Bull, at least for next year. Yeah. I could see them the year after, once the new engine rigs come in. Yeah. But uh, to me, look, people have done dumber shit, but it makes no sense for them to jump in now, especially uh, when VW, under that umbrella, has Audi and Porsche. Yeah. And they're smashing WC. Uh, Mark Webber's driving for Porsche. He just came off the back uh, back-to-back wins Yeah. Uh, in the Enduros. And... Audi's got a long history in the Enduro, uh, especially Le Mans. Yeah, they were dominating for a while, weren't they? So, you know, you're not going to put... I don't see the advantage of putting VW in F1. Yeah. Um, and of their key marquees, you know, the only one that really makes sense would be Lamborghini to me. 
Yeah, yeah, but I think, yeah, that's true. I think Audi might make a bit of sense just because you want to take on Mercedes head-to-head, head, especially in Germany. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, with Formula 1, I think the, there's attractive for VW to get in there because they need manufacturers that got money. Because the worst thing that's letting Formula 1 down at the moment is just teams don't have cash. And that's just yeah. hindering development and it's causing so many headaches that you need to be able to make these big developers be able to come in there. And, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm not sure if it'd be badge VW. I don't know if there'd be much... Uh, if you get more advantage out of pumping up one of the subsidiary companies um, through that. But I think like they're doing very well in WEC. I think they might give the confidence to take on Mercedes at F1 and go head-to-head with the German market. Yeah, but to me, you've already got um, a racing pedigree in Audi and Porsche. Yeah. Uh, it, it, as good as it'd be to see Porsche or Audi in F1, to me, Lamborghini makes more sense because immediately you've got a rivalry with Ferrari. Um and like anything, it's not so much who you love, it's who you hate. Yeah. And so people that hate Ferrari will probably think, oh, Lambo, yeah, yeah. get on that. Because Lambo, they used to be in Formula developed engines. I remember they developed mm. an engine for one of the, I want to say McLarens. I'm pretty sure it was McLaren. Um, it was going to come out, I sent a test drove it, but um, they ended up the last minute pulling off the grid. It wasn't going to go in there. It was, a, it was a Lamborghini V10 or V12 or something. It was just a monster. It was just. Mm. I think it was painted all white just on the test day. So I'll try and look it up. If I can find the photos of it, I'll post it on our on our page. But um, yeah, so they've got a history in Formula One. So I'd like to see Lamborghini in there as well. Yeah, the only other thing would be Bugatti. Um, they've got an F1 history as well back yeah. in the day. Yeah, true. But honestly, if you get exposure on Bugatti, it's yeah. going to sell, what, two more cars maybe? Exactly, yeah. You're already selling all you can make. Yeah. And they're kind of... They're amazingly, awesomely stupid, dumb cars. Yeah, and the thing is, if you're buying a Bugatti, you're going to buy a Bugatti. You're not yeah. going, oh, am I tossing up between the Koenigsegg or the Bugatti? Oh, no, Bugatti's a Formula 1, I'll get that one. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's not going to be you can buy one, market. you can buy both. Whereas to me, um, Audi will be... Uh, the halo effect on Audi would be... Decent, yeah. But the effect on Lamborghini would be spectacular because Lamborghini only make performance cars. Yeah. Whereas Audi, you've got the A5 for like twenty grand, and yeah, no one's going to look at the A5 and go, "Ooh, F1 history." Yeah, exactly. You know, you're going like, no, just and what's will my uh, children's school friends' parents think of me now? Yeah. And look, you could make the same argument for Porsche um, solely because they make the uh, Cayenne, yeah. which is a fucking phenomenally shithouse car yeah but it probably, probably sells phenomenally well because yeah, I, like, I should clarify it's not a terrible car it's a terrible Porsche it's a terrible yeah it's a terrible concept for Porsche I think but fucking they're making a killing out of it because I was just saying build race cars that's it well yeah but it's just a fucking Tuareg yeah but anyway so I think if VW does come in it, like we were sort of talking about there it's going to be well I think it'll be a decision where they're either going to try and go as Audi and take on Mercedes in the German market or if they get Lamborghini and try and take on Ferrari in the Italian market yeah. I think it could be a toss-up between the two because I think trying to get that market share back from Mercedes is probably going to be the most profitable. Yeah, true, true. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, how it plays out. It could just be a bargaining strategy and there's still a sleeper a sleeper partner we don't know about yet. Do Audi have a performance partner? Like, you know how uh, Mercedes got AMG and yeah. uh, Jaguar has got Brabham and whatnot? Yeah. Do Audi have one? I don't know, actually. Not sure. I know I Porsche know. had Gembala, which was uh, a performance brand. But anyway, I'm yeah. not sure. Um It'd be interesting to see if maybe uh, what other what other brands could use F1 exposure. I think I've long said Hyundai just because yeah. they're probably the best Korean manufacturer of cars that aren't crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you could say Kia, but when's the last time you said Kia? That'll be an exciting exactly. car to drive. I think you've got to try and get the American market someone in there. I think like Corvette yeah. or I mean, it's a long shot. Or but. actually, uh, the best one would be Volvo. 
Yeah. You get uh, pasta maldonado in one of those, <laughs> you will test the fuck out of that thing. Just be like, hey, Volvo, we're safe. Look, pasta maldonado, still alive. He's not dead yet. And everyone's like, fuck yeah, I've seen him. He's a fucking crazy bitch. <laughs> so pasta's been dead for 20 years. He hasn't realized it yet. That's why you can't kill him. Uh, but yeah, I think, especially expanding to America, I think it'll be interesting to see them get some of those performance cars because even the American cars are really still away from just taking on pure American market now, where they're just straight line run and gun cars. They're looking to handle better and be a lot more sort of uh, road agile. Yeah, they're looking at these things called corners. Yeah, I know. It's quite yeah. amazing. So um, I'd like to see sort of maybe one of those take the initiative, but the yeah. cash that it costs is just tough and operating out of America is tough. Yeah, I, I, I do love the look of American muscle cars. Yeah, me too. Um, I love them, especially the old ones. They're great. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like the old uh, 60s, 70s, gorgeous time for cars. Yeah. Um, but if you've ever driven one, you have to have an upper body workout oh, to turn those earth. motherfuckers. Yeah. And if you drive over minor bumps, you're either going to porpoise along because mm. you just bounce, yeah. or it's going to uh, the absorbers will bottom out and you'll get fucking washed. Yeah. So having said that, Again, they're stupid, terrible, glorious, fantastic yeah. vehicles. Like on burnout machines. Great. Yeah, it's, it's like, if you want a sensible car, you would never get it. Yeah. But if you want a car where you just go, I'm going to drive that today, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> yep. it. Yep. Like when driving becomes an actual event. Yeah. It's not a transport, it's an activity. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm going driving, where are you going? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't care. I'm just going for a drive, fuck it. Yeah. And I don't, people don't do that often enough. No. Um, and you know, I... I I can love to do that. But um, I suppose we better get back to the race. Yeah, um, we can do that. <laughs> lap 13 uh, was the next jump I had yep. with uh, Massa and Hulk. Yeah, yeah, interesting incident there. Um, Hulk got penalised three three grid places for yeah. that. But for me, it was more a racing incident. And, you know, yeah. People say that there's always avoidable collisions. And look, um, Hulkenberg was on the track. Yep. Uh, Massa was merging. But to, to me, it was just one of those things where, you know, Massa obviously is trying to beat him yeah and Massa would have been told you know get out ahead of um, Hulkenberg yeah likewise Hulkenberg would have been told Massa's exiting the pits watch out for him yeah but they kind of just it was just both drivers being a little bit belligerent yeah but none of them being you know crazy aggressive it was yeah it was just the perfect timing where they both didn't really get a chance to see each other and it's as much the zone yeah. of the pit lane exit as anything else yeah and it's different to where you've got two cars um, going at it at the same speed and then going in the corner it's much easier to be able to ascertain who's in the right and who's in the wrong mm. but when you've got like Massa coming in slow and then Hulkenberg coming in at you know race fast pace, yeah. race pace around the outside your judgement of where you're going to be on those given times in split second decisions is a bit off and so I think yeah. like Massa he had to be there if you're Massa you go for that corner every day every day of the week you go for that corner Hulkenberg, I think Marty Brundle got it right when he said he just couldn't see him in that point in the mirrors. And when he's come across the corner, that he's just cut across him a bit too much. But I think that with those two drivers, they've got a history of being good drivers, good clean yeah, drivers, yeah. smart drivers. And so I think it's a purely a racing incident because if, if Nico had have seen him, he would have given him room. I don't, think, I don't doubt that. Well, no driver would crash out. Yeah, I think um, because if he gave him room, he would have got him like around that corner anyway because he had more pace. Yeah, it was just the angles and the timing. Because um, yeah. with Massa, he couldn't see him in the reviews because yeah. of the... You know, angle of the curve yep. of the track, and same with um, Hulkenberg. He was coming in and couldn't didn't know where he was. Yeah. So look, you could probably say maybe Hulkenberg should have assumed he was there and give him more room, but yeah. Then all of a sudden, you change the whole line of the corner and all, yeah, like and when you break like a split second decision down to you know an hour of debate, it's much easier to be able to do it. But when it's in a split second moment like that, it's yeah. very tough to make those calls. And look, if, 
if you had to assign fault to someone, if it was like, well, someone has to die for this, yeah. then Hulkenberg probably does have the greater responsibility solely because yeah. he was on track. Yeah. But you've got to sort of say, well, the person merging has responsibility. So look, uh, yeah. we've seen plenty of cut-acrosses before. Yeah. Um, and with varying, varying degrees of stupidity. Yeah. Um, to me, this was one of the ones where... Like, it was maybe 55-45 on Hulkenberg's uh, issue. Yeah. But I, I don't see it worth a, th- a three-place group penalty, which is yeah. probably the minimum they could give him, to be honest. Yeah. But the thing that was concerning as well is that they've been given a directive to not be so heavy-handed with penalties now because it's been ruining races. And yeah. like, they were given that directive a while ago. And so I think with two drivers like this, you're not proving by having one, giving one a penalty at the following race. More of a racing incident. And you need to kind of... Um, uh, assess it as that and they didn't bring Nico in to speak to him they made the decision like pretty much during the race but the thing is for an incident like that it's not going to have an effect on the race unless Massa gets a penalty yeah. and so if they decided that um, it was probably Nico's fault they can wait till after the race and then do it then well, while the race is going you've got shit to do yeah I found that odd because oftentimes when the you know, driver they reckon might be at fault crashes out yeah. um, they will investigate after the race because they want to talk to them first yeah exactly um, and if they hand down a penalty during the race it's normally a go yeah. or a pit lane entrance or time added on yeah uh, at that time of the race probably would have been a, a pit entrance yeah or a stop something go. like that yeah but um, yeah I, to me that was harsh mm. but look you, it was one of those things where it probably was there um, but what does that penalty serve? I mean, is, are other drivers going to do anything different again? Yeah, you're not and setting you know, a, a precedent to anybody, you know? No, and I don't think um, other drivers are going to look at it and go, oh, well, I better alter my my um, driving yeah. style. No, it's just going to be like, well, that was one of those things. Yeah, it's just like, you can't. <laughs> pretty much. Now you're back but, to business. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that was pretty damn harsh. Yeah, and I think that brought out the safety card, didn't it? Because yeah, it he'd did. just gone in the pits there, and that was the start of the first pit window. Yeah, Kvyat had just gone in the pits as well. He yeah. got murdered by safety cars at Poor Bastards. Yeah, so did Signs as well. Yeah, every time um, those two pitted, there was a safety car out within a lap or two. Yeah, yeah. And even um, when Signs got in, finally got into the pits, I think he pitted under the um, yellow, under the safety car. Um, he's come in and then he's had to sit stationary after a pretty oh, decent yeah. stop for uh, I think it was the Lotus through. of Maldonado there was I think it was Ericsson and Alonso had come through mm. and to be fair he probably could have tucked him in out um, in front of the Lotus but the Lotus could have come in um, that's in the next garage down so they've got to yeah. come in and cut across him so it's touch and go uh, but sitting there station like that must just kill you as an F1 driver oh uh, watch people Button get overtaken at 40 k's an hour Button had a, a fun night to forget too Oh, yeah. Everything. Yep. Everything could go wrong. <laughs> it's hilarious to listen to him on the radio. I and like JV. He, he's he's uh, planned his end-of-season trip already. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing one of the radio calls where it was like, all right, we need to save fuel, but we need to heat up the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, so what? So obviously, when you're trying to save fuel, you'll coast. But when you want to hit the brakes, you'll brake hard. Yeah. So you, we need you to... Get off the brakes, but get on the brakes hard. Yeah, yeah so exactly. I, so I have to coast and then brake suddenly. Yeah. What, what, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then last Steve later on. Um, yeah, you're, you've got to last these tyres, like plus three laps yeah. until the pit stop. It's like, uh, every time I touch the accelerator and I just lose it. Like, yeah. it spins up. I can see the front tyres lighten up. And we're going to do three more laps. Like, really? Yeah, okay, guys. And uh, they, they were talking about something else as well. Oh, yeah, you're... you're um, Energy recovery looks like he's like oh, anything else. Yeah, that's right. Anything too, else? Yeah. yeah, no problems, guys. Anything else? And then of course there's the pit stop issue where his uh, I think it was left rear wouldn't go yeah. on. 
What was it? It was this thing that was... Um, I had this written down somewhere. Pit stop... Yeah, his pit stop was embarrassing. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. 40 seconds just sat there while they're trying to fuck around with his front right. And it seemed like there was lots of common little mistakes like that in the pits with uh, no Williams when they... Just before Massa had the accident, they released... They dropped the front jack before the front right-hand tyre was probably yeah. on. And had that not happened, he probably would have avoided that incident with Hulkenberg on that first corner because he would have been out a bit earlier. You just wonder if... Um they shouldn't take a, a bit of a note from North Melbourne and uh, rest their key pit stop guys <laughs> yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Actually, rotate them through. Um, give the fans a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been I've been down to Albert Park. They have a pit stop test there. You know, well, I did that once the at the crack, Top Gear um, experience, and I think a good time was about 0.6 seconds. Yep. And uh, Nick and I did it in I think uh, 2.8. Yeah, but you're drunk, so. Oh, and how? <laughs> um, it's like the tyre went on the proper way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he had a fucking night to forget. And look, he's probably going to announce in the next short time that where he's going next year. And yeah. I'd love to see him join uh, Weber in WEC. Uh, yeah, look, I think, that's, I think that'll almost be a certainty. Because I think the media is saying that it's imminent he's going to announce his retirement in Suzuka in Japan next weekend. And when you look at it, you've got new regulations coming in for 2017. And so the Honda engine's just a dog at the moment. Yeah. And you've got to think next season, it's not going to do much better because you're going to be focusing on new regulations 2017. Yeah. And when you're Jensen, you have to look at that and go, am I still going to be here in 2017? Like, what's my plan then? Yeah. And so instead of hanging around the back of the grid for another season, you're better off starting your next phase of your racing career. And what are you going to do then? So I think WEC will be a big fit for him at the moment. And I think um, get that there's a, back too. the double banger bonus as well, because yep. you get the races on the track. Yep. But if Button and Weber are in the same team, uh, yeah. obviously being a, a WEC thing, there's going to be multiple cars in the convoy. Yeah. So if Button's got his own trailer bus and Weber's yep. got his own trailer bus... Yep. Those motherfuckers are racing all across Europe. I'll guarantee yeah. you. Um, <laughs> That'll be the real endurance challenge. It's like yeah. not only the race, but you've got to get back home as well. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it'll be straight off the off the track. Cargo's in the back of the bus. All right, we're good. Go. Bang. I tell you what, I reckon if news gets out, if news of that gets out, Fernando's like, fuck it, I'm in. You <laughs> know, <laughs> bus rallying and then Pastor yep. Maldonado's like, me too. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> so suddenly you've got VW versus Volkswagen uh, versus Mercedes in bus challenges across Europe. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> RV joins in. <laughs> That'll get America on board. They can fang oh, RVs yeah. around. Actually, that'd be crazy. Have a barbecue at the back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, back to the race. We had the uh, safety car came in lap 18. You had five laps of that safety car, plus um, or plus the virtual safety car as well. Well, it and seemed like um, a bit of it was uh, Rossi, because he was in fourth, yeah, like yeah. out of position, yep, yep. Um, sitting behind Ricardo. Yeah. Um, must have been third then. And the I remember seeing the light, the teletext, uh, telemetry saying, you know, car, I think 44 he might be. No, that's Lewis. Um, no, of course he is. Um, I can't remember Rossi's number. Um, car, whatever, manner. Yeah. Uh, unlap yourself, kind of thing. I think it's yep. 54. I can't Could be, yeah. Um, and he just sort of chilled. Yeah. And you can see Ricardo going, all right, he's going by. And so every time the straight would come around, he'd sort of back off a bit. Yeah. Move to the side. And then you see Rossi moving behind him. <laughs> and you see, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he's like, I think and I'll take of, third. <laughs> and he'd sort of, right, corners can't, can't let Vettel get too far ahead. You know, yeah. I'm going to, got to make sure he doesn't fuck off. So yeah. then he'd go up and then, all right, I'll go to the outside but I'm not going so far outside in the marbles. Yeah. And Ricardo kept trying to let him by, and Rossi's <laughs> um, 
radio wasn't working, so he's yeah. just like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Yeah. But I'm the new guy, so I guess this is how you do it. I'll just tuck him behind him. And so it, he's just trying to learn by example. I think he's got a Ferrari engine in that car as well, so he's pretty much just shafted Kimmy by trying to stick yeah. himself in behind <laughs> He did too. Kato. Imagine Kimmy would have been turning the air blue. Yeah. Just, yeah. I actually think... Arita get Betty, him off the track! I remember Betty said that Kimmy just doesn't stop complaining over the radio. Yeah. <laughs> you just imagine, imagine him going, fucking more complaining, Jesus. <laughs> I hope there's a, a suggestion box in the Ferrari garage and it, instead of this little tiny thing it's just this big dumpster yeah. or just one for Kimmy yeah. like, tiny little one for everyone else Kimmy's yeah. yeah and all of them are fuck you in uh, Swedish or Finnish Finnish all that yeah Danish yeah. German there's just your car is shit over and over again <laughs> just one after the other fuck you Sebastian <laughs> yeah <laughs> endlessly <laughs> So yeah, so I think this race, especially um, Malaysia with the night race, different temperatures, uh, Pirelli having tighter sort of um, working window in their tyres, it was all about if you get the tyres into that working window and if you keep mm. them there. And I think with the safety car coming out at that point, you really limit people's ability to work the tyres and come in. So the way your chassis is set up will have a big impact on mm. how well you can get your tyres working. And if you looked at the Red Bull um, before the race, you can see the amount of rake that they put on the car for this yeah. track. It was fucking amazing. I'll get a picture. I'll put it up on our website. But you can see how how aggressive you can be with good aerodynamics package by having that rake set up and how much confidence you have in your chassis that's going to be worthwhile. You're not just going to suffer. And I think it paid dividends during the race. You sort of saw Ricardo qualified second, finished second um, with a Renault in the back. So... Answers a lot of questions for them going forward without a Renault, I think. Well, and he got the fastest lap too. Yeah, he did and too. Vettel would have. He, he loves those. Um, yeah, those uh, purple sectors. Yeah, no, it's, well, I don't know what you call them, like one percenters, plus ones. I don't know what you call them, but stats, achievements. Yeah, yeah. he, you know, he likes to unlock all achievements. Yeah, yeah, that's a way to put it, actually. Yeah, um, but yeah, obviously he would have been pretty keen for those three, but yeah. uh, he only got led every lap, uh, pole, and. Top step, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that just shows that Ricardo does have the pace. He just, he, he couldn't use a strategy. Yeah. And like, that's that's not an excuse. He he was outdriven by Vettel. And yeah. if you see Vettel's uh, pole position lap, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was right on the ragged edge with millimetres to spare. Yeah. But never uh, he never put a wheel nut over that ragged yeah. edge. And the thing is, Ricardo wasn't going to um, beat Vettel on merits of the good car. It had to be, he had to yeah. race him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was always going to be tough, but he would have had an opportunity if that dude hadn't come out on the fucking track and started a second safety car. Yeah, and look, it, it's hard. He would have caught him, I'd say. Yeah. I don't know whether he could have passed him. I don't think he would have passed him. He would have had to go for the under, undercut. That would have yeah. a chance. He was going to pass him on track. No. So the undercut was really the only way he could work it. And that's what his plan was, kind of. And he'd come to get tucked up behind Vettel before the pit stops come around, but. Guy comes in on track, they call it in, safety car's out, everyone gets tucked up, goes the same pace, and that's the end of that. Yeah, which was disappointing in a way, but, uh, yeah. well, disappointing in every way, really. Yeah. But um, I wonder what that bloke's doing now. Um, he's in jail. Um, I actually have the update just here. Let me just find it. Anyway, somehow he got access to the track, yeah. and uh, it seemed like if, if I was wandering and suddenly found myself on a track with cars flying by at 300 k's an hour yeah. I'd probably be pretty keen to get the fuck off yeah that's exactly um, right but he seemed to sort of stop look down look around got his phone out got his phone out just you know probably took a selfie or something yeah checked in yeah uh, <laughs> you know. that ch- uh, um, whatever he fucking four name square. is is now at Singapore International Circuit <laughs> turn four <laughs> curbing just in front of Sebastian Vettel yeah um, and I 
I have no idea what goes through a mind like that. Um, yep. Look, it's when you want to send pasta out there. Just, you know. We're <laughs> <laughs> on the track, mate. <laughs> Mad Max style. Let's see what happens. No, let's bring everyone in and have a pasta. Just to see how this plays out. Uh, flabbergasted on yeah. how that could occur. Because as far as I knew it, all the gaps were manned by marshals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, then again, if I'm a marshal and some wanker just yeah. walks on the track, I'm not risking my ass for him. Yeah. Fuck him. He can go get splattered by Pastor Maldonado. I'll be sitting behind the concrete barrier. Yeah, and let's be honest, Southeast Asia isn't particularly known for its stringent safety measures and paying attention to details. So no. probably you just shift a few cash to someone and make your way on that circuit pretty easy, I reckon. The people in charge of keeping people safe yeah. would not have thought anyone would be dumb enough. Yeah, exactly. Why the fuck would you do that? It's like if you're at SeaWorld and they're like, yep. don't put your arms in the shark tank. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you would think that's not a necessary warning. Yeah, because I mean, you understand if it's the slowdown lap and people were going to march away in their flags, you're going to get close to the action, but mid-race, you're fucking yeah. insane. Or if there's been a crash and there's yeah. a, a big front wing or yeah. there's something, I would be one of those blokes who would definitely try and uh, souvenir that. Yeah. I have no idea how I'd get it home. See, cause I, I understand how you can be drunk enough to try and drive a car, but I don't see you can be drunk enough to try and take on a car. No. That's tough. Imagine if there was an accident and you managed to pick up a front wing. Yeah. Do you reckon that'd be carry-on or check baggage? <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing is that you'd think they'd have to be blood all over the car. Do you reckon they'd act like Flovies and the mechanics would have to have a look at it? And go, oh, shit, yeah, T-Stray oh. wasn't working properly. That's what it was, a splitter. All data's Fuck. good data. <laughs> exactly. Um, and look, maybe it'd be like uh, Ricardo when he got uh, T-boned a uh, few races back. Yeah. Um, you know, they end up with an indentation in front of the car. And like, actually, the car performed pretty well after yeah. that. So maybe the split actually diverts the air away from the driver's helmet, which is causing drag. <laughs> we, could, we could look at this. <laughs> probably the only contribution the fuck stick could have. Yeah, exactly. So whoever that guy is, eat a dick. Well, he's in jail in Singapore. He probably is. Yeah, he's probably eating lots of dicks, isn't he? <laughs> Cuck sandwich. Yeah. And so, yeah, safety car, what was that? Lap 18 ended up coming, coming in. Um, Vettel sort of just led away, pushed up the pack so that he could save his tyres. Made a mistake in the first stint, um, getting away too early and sort of wearing his tyre out of the range towards the end of the stint. Um, Danny was try- catching him towards the first pit stop, but obviously both pit stops were under safety car, so he couldn't do much about it. But it was very much a tyre strategy. And Vettel, the second stop, after the second stop, um, put together a very good stint in regards to managing his tyres and backing Danny up without um, putting in in danger of being overtaken or anything like that. And like, even if he had got that chance to undercut, it would have been tough to get off Vettel anyway. Yeah. So. Look, I've uh, I've never considered myself a Vettel fan. Yeah. But he drove a perfect race. Yeah. You've got um, to give respect for being a talented driver. His pole position was a flawless, yep. aggressive lap that took everything out of the car possible. Yeah. And his racecraft was fantastic. He yep. opened up a three-second gap as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, using the three laps without Kurz. Yeah. Um, obviously... Ricardo would have liked to have caught up a bit in the pit stops and he could have used Kurz, but when you've got um, the three three laps after the safety car, they always disable Kurt, uh, DRS. DRS. Yeah. So, look, it is what it is. Um, I can't take anything from Vettel. He just drove a perfect race. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to give that guy talent, uh, all his credit for being a very talented driver. And he does seem to be able to rally a team. <clears throat> It's one of the things that, you, especially people that you're not cheering for, you don't really want to admit all the good things that they do, but it seems like he really is around his team together and he's good at driving those races, um, managing those races. Yeah. Um, it's also easier when you're not under pressure for a championship and you're not having those strains. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where if I did meet him, I'd want to shake his hand, but I'd also kind of want to break that finger off. Yeah, yeah. So it just depends which one wore out. 
Um, yeah, yeah. beers that. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. And again, maybe he could probably put a few beers away there, young lad. He's German, German so, fella, yeah. So you know, if he if he can't, he'd probably I don't know get deported. Yeah, yeah, true. Next thing, Lewis having some car issues. Uh, it took him a while to figure out what it was. In fact, I had to retire it to get under the hood. Um, it turns out he had a loose clamp on the intercooler hose that popped off, and so obviously you're not getting any boost through there. Yeah, twenty five cent. Um uh, screw clamp. Yeah, um, that's what happens. Yeah, I think I think what happened was Lewis actually got his hands on the engine, he was trying to get some sick turbo flutter. <laughs> <laughs> Single man now, so got to try and pull the birds. Get up with the young kids. Lots of competition. Well, but yeah, the other one towards the end, uh, Verstappen. Let's do yeah. a look, quick quick improv. I'm your race manager, uh, your uh, engineer. Yep. You're Verstappen. All right, Max. Let Carlos through. Go fuck yourself, cunt. <laughs> Pretty much what happened. <laughs> I remember that, uh, Max, you need to let uh, Carlos through. Yeah. No! No! <laughs> and then he's come, come back afterwards and his dad told him if you let him pass, we'll kick you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so he avoided that. Um, but I mean, if we, didn't, if we didn't have enough ammunition to make fun of Verstappen about his dad pretty much to turn the wheel for him, he's just giving us more. I know, right? Look, he's a very talented driver and he's going to be an absolute star, but... Making it too easy for us to give you some shit, mate. Well, get kicked to the balls. His balls haven't even fucking dropped yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, he doesn't even know what they're for at the moment. I don't think his dad's had that talk. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's driving all right, because he hasn't found out the birds yet. He's keeping them away. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a bad point, too, because once that happens, you're fucked. Oh, shit, yes. A- any you know gun athlete as a teenager would figure that out. Yeah, once he discovers masturbation, he's really in trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah, <coughs> another good thing, too. Uh, another double finish for Manor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Rossi... He beat Stevens, yep. which, uh, you know, is something you have to do. Yeah. And look, I don't think he did too bad at all. Yeah, and first race, first um, out in the race trim for Rossi in the Marussia. Just signed, I think, a five-race deal uh, on the back of Ferrari, uh, putting him in there. Yeah. And you have to think that with Haas, they well, he reckon... He has to go to Haas. Yeah, but they've said that he's not... That's the only problem, so that's why it doesn't make sense. Because Haas said that they're not taking Rossi, they want experience. And so um, they were going to have... It's looking like they've got Grosjean from... Uh, Renault. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't rate Grosjean. Yeah, yeah. Um, not as a experienced developer. Yeah. Um, just looking at drivers, I'd rate above him. I'd I'd look at Massa. Um, yeah, he's in contract though. Yeah. Um, There's no out of track that you can really get because they wanted Hulkenberg, but he just signed for Force India. It's looking like Paris is going to resign as well, and they're just struggling to be able to get someone who's got that talent and actually on the grid at the moment. So he might be able to grab a button or Alonso the way they're looking. Yeah, yeah, this is true. He might be able to. I think both of them might say, fuck it. I think they're really... I think it's drained the passion out of them. I think Alonso will, might stick it out for a year or two. Yep. Um, it's kind of the funny thing. Alonso and Button, both, uh, when you look at career highlights, not yep. dissimilar. Yeah. But Alonso just has a, a fierce reputation as a, a highly skilled driver. Yeah. And every every... F1 driver still says that he's one of the best passers in the in the uh, game. Yeah, yeah. And he's definitely got the sort of resume to back that up. I mean, everybody's got the highlights of Fernando. He's, it's awesome overtaking around Spa or... Mm. You know, a few in there in Monza. Um, and his, his hunger is still definitely there. Yeah. Uh, I, I would hate to be in the pits when he's had to retire. He would just tear strips of people. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's at the point where he's still too... St- still stubborn enough to stay in F1 to try and get another championship and I think with his era he's fighting against Vettel and, and Hamilton to really sort of dominate that era and yeah. he's 
always had the talent. It's just been in the right spot. He hasn't managed to do. Well, and I, I don't think he's the sort of guy that wants to be racing his whole life either. Like, you look at Button and Weber. Uh, racing is how they live their life. Yeah. You know, and I, I can see them going to, you know, uh, touring cars at some stage and racing until they're like 60. Yeah. Whereas Alonso, I can imagine him going in F1 until he can't and then just, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to fuck off on my yacht. Well, he's got a cycling team or something like that. He's got interest in, yeah, cycling. I know he's a big fan of, um, yeah, like that whole, whatever the fuck you call the cycling season. You know, the Tour de France and you got fucking one in Italy and Spain yeah. and whatever. The gyro or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, all those stuff. Um, so I know he's definitely had interest in those. Um, but I think, I think kind of he is a pure racer where he's not interested yeah. in other bullshit. Just give me the cars, let us race and just fuck off. So I think just that the extraneous things is that in a word extraneous, extraneous. Yeah. yeah does that make sense sweet those things will just sort of play a part in him just losing the passion for it and going I just want to fucking race I don't want to do yeah, it maybe so. all your bullshit just want to race and McLaren's not a, not a good team at the moment for, for not having bullshit no it's uh, it's all gone pear shaped yeah um, maybe they're suffering from the Ferrari curse like in the years where Ferrari have had uh, great road cars they've been shit on the uh, track yeah and look the uh, McLaren are making some spectacular road cars and their F1 car is well yeah shite exactly man I mean another double finish uh, double retirement for McLaren they just can't get the end of the season here quick enough really no what what can you do like if you're in charge of the team what do you say to them to try and keep them revved up well that's the problem is that Ron Dennis has been saying everything he has to to, to um keep him there and doesn't be able to back it up so it's kind of you know you fucked yourself really yeah he he's over promised and under delivered but he's sort of relied on other people to deliver on his promises too which is yeah. never a smart option that's it and I think um, I think Ron Dennis he's one of those people he's very capable he's a mechanic he's worked his way oh, up from, from the bottom knows everything about the cars but uh, he's one person that needs to be control and I think there's just too many parts of that head to to have to um, manage and, and control there's too many things they need to improve immediately yeah and so I think I think you're right he, he just can't be hands on in every department but I think his decision making um, as manager is not quite been right I think he's promised too many things especially with the drivers in there we've talked about lots and not being able to deliver them has kind of got him stuck now and yeah. as a I think he wanted to go the major stakeholder in McLaren as well so mm. effectively own it um, I think that's dangerous I think it's dangerous for McLaren to do that to be honest yeah and look it, it says something when Ericsson is beating Button. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is terrible. That should never happen. Yeah. Um, but looking at the uh, the Drivers' Championship, yep. Hamilton now is only less than two race wins ahead. Yep. Um, Rosberg picked up four points, which he, he would have loved to have picked up more. Yeah. But he's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, that's Simply. it. And the car just wasn't anywhere. Like, you didn't hear about the Mercedes <clears> at all during the race. Like, at yeah. all. You hear Lewis complain about Vettel backing the pack up, and you're like, Let's, so the person for people front of you going slower and that's to be complained about like yeah, all right, whatever yeah I mean the the other thing is too that um, with that Ricardo moves back ahead of Kvyat yep um, which is something that you you have to beat your teammate yeah um, exactly there's simply no other option yeah. and uh, yeah I think uh, there's no other real movements that are going to change much I mean yeah uh, it's only out of uh, Hamilton and Rosberg Vettel is uh two wins off uh, the lead but yeah. I can't see him 
uh, pulling out two wins and Hamilton Rosberg not finishing. Well, that's it. I just can't see Mercedes fucking up that bad when yeah. they've never done that. Especially the ever. Japan with a nice uh, long main straight there. Yeah. And you can just wind that motherfucker up. Yeah. Um, I, I can't see an easy overtake there, whereas I can definitely yeah. see Mercedes having no trouble defending and certainly threatening the hell out of drivers in front of them. Exactly, because with those, the long straight, uh, Suzuki got the, all those sweeping corners as well, so mm. you've got to have that fast engine, corners. the aero package. You can't have just one. You know, yep. You're know, you not going to be able to dominate that race like that. Yep. And there's one circuit the drivers love. You know, it's Generally, that and Spa, uh, they say hands down the best racing circuit for the drivers in regards to having fun. Yeah. So it's one they look forward to, to race every year. And it's expected that Jensen's going to announce retirement there. Obviously, in Japan's... Um, uh, Honda's home home country, and also he's got a bit of affinity with Japan, with his missus being half Japanese, I think, and just a you know he's one of the guys that love it. So mm. yeah, so it should be interesting in Suzuka for for that reason anyway. But yeah, well that thing too with the uh, constructors, Red Bull have moved up to sixty points behind Williams. Yep, uh, I think it's possible for them to catch. Yeah, I think they'll probably get them um, as the end of the season comes closer. Williams will stop. I think they'll be developing too much because they're down to cash at the moment. Mm. I think they're saving up for developing next season but also 2017 I think they'll make a big push for them um, so Red Bull I think they'll get them they, over the period of a season just because they can develop a lot more than what Williams can Yeah, but um, Williams still doing a fantastic job with what they've got um, shrewd investments uh, good decision making and also being accountable for their mistakes I think has made them improve a lot mm. so um, yeah I think Red Bull will get them and I think that's probably the way it'll stay but it kind of sets it up for an okay se- a season next year as well yeah it's um yeah, that's uh, it's been an interesting setup race, and only a seven day turnaround. Yeah. So uh, this weekend will be it'll be interesting to see how Mercedes handle having a bitch week. Yeah. Because um, they fucked up, and yep. they fucked up in every way possible. Really, they yeah. uh, the car they put on the track wasn't uh, the one they should have. Yeah. Um, their strategy wasn't great. Their pit stops weren't great, yeah. and of course they had a retirement. And and they've been telling everyone that. All their um, positive results isn't down in their engine. They reckon they've got the best chassis as well. well and, they don't. And, yeah, and if, if they actually believe that, then that week, this weekend has been very, very scary and a very big wake-up call for their um, people back at their factory who are like, shit, like, we've always got the best engine, but we just got annihilated on a track because our chassis isn't that good. Well, yeah, pace is about you know an engine, a chassis, and a driver. Yep. So if your pace sucked and your chassis is brilliant yeah. and you undoubtedly have the best engine... Yep. You've got the wrong drivers. And yep. look, Hamilton, for all criticism, he's a top driver. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Rosberg, I don't believe he is. Yeah, I'm, I think he is a, a deserving driver of an F1 drive, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, and certainly well above the pay drivers. But yep. Deserves to be there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's in the same category as uh, Raikkonen, Alonso, yeah. um, Vettel, uh, even Ricardo, even though Ricardo hasn't had the achievements that yeah, Rosberg we're, has. We're allowed that bias. Fucking oath. Um, and you know, I I just don't put him. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think the only person that would was probably Nico. So, or his dad. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, probably his dad. Um, so yeah, I think he deserves to obviously deserves to be an F one talented driver, but to be those real special drivers that you will remember twenty years from now, probably not quite there. You might be. I mean, to say a way to put it, you probably might be considered like where it was to Vettel in his championship years, where yeah. you're there or thereabouts, but just couldn't quite get over the line. I couldn't maximize your opportunities. I think he'll be the other Rosberg. When people talk about yeah, Keki Rosberg, legend of F one. Remember his son? He's, yeah. his son drove too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be like Ralph Schumacher. Yeah. Hopefully, um, Max Verstappen. They're like that. Max Verstappen, good driver. Did his dad drive or something? Did he yeah. used to do something? Um, I th- 
Max Verstappen is a different generation, really. Yeah. His dad wasn't as big a name as Keki Rosberg, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, not at all. Not by um, the way. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, the fallout from that. Also, the uh, Renault engine fallout. Yep. Um, and just seeing how that develops. Yeah, because you've got also the retirements coming in, so a bit of driver movement, probably. With Button, if he's is true, his retirement's imminent, and kind of believe it. Then you've got the opportunity for Magnussen or Stoffel Van Dorn to come into that McLaren seat, which will be interesting. Because who do you choose there? You've promised... Um, oh, Van Dorn. Yeah, I'd choose Van Dorn as well. Just because you've sat Magnussen out for a year, made him fuck all for a year, and obviously Van Dorn's dominating GP2. Yeah, but there's no loyalty in F1. Exactly. Um, and Ron has promised Magnussen a seat this he can, season. So. He can promise him all he fucking wants. Yep. Uh, promises are worth exactly the paper they're written on yep. and sometimes not even then yeah exactly and so especially where these drivers are the deserving talented drivers it really sucks when mm. they get stuck on the sidelines like that which um, the other thing with, with VW coming if they do buy a Red Bull one of the things that I don't mind about it is it might free Den Ricardo up from sort of the feelings of loyalty to a team so if good race seats come available in other teams he's not, he's not going to be so reluctant to stay with um, the team he's in because it won't be Red Bull anymore it'll be V-Dub or Audi whatever they're going to call it mm. so I think just it could open up, open up more opportunities to him in the future as well oh, to be honest I would have loved to have seen him next year in the same car as Attell again yep. <laughs> just to see how it would have happened because yep. um, for whatever reason he, he pants Vettel yep. uh, last year uh, which was great for everyone who's not a Vettel fan yeah um but, you know, can he do it again? Exactly. Like, you don't put that as definitive. Yeah, look, one season, it can be an anomaly. Yeah. After um, four championships as well, you know. Yeah. You can have an off-season. Um, but I think Ricardo and Battelle are going to have a fantastic rivalry for many years to come. Yeah. And uh, it looks like one with respect there, too. Yeah. They they did seem to get along pretty well on the podium. Like, there was yep. a bit of... Uh, still competition. You can see yeah. Ricardo had to transition from his race mentality to his yeah. uh, smiling assassin mentality but yeah. when he got out of the car you could see he was like fuck so yeah. close yep. and then he was like alright yeah no okay Seb yep. you got me you prick um, <laughs> and they were kind of joking around and I think um, Vettel punched him a couple of times in the arm jokingly yeah. and it was like once he's like yeah yeah twice yeah yeah and the third one he's like alright that's enough now Seb uh, <laughs> listen up mate <laughs> shit's about to go down yeah, so that's about all I had from there. Yeah, well, look, um, so moving on to Japan. Yeah. Um, it's going to be exactly what you expect from Japan. A, a high high speed race. Yeah. Um, you're going to see a lot of uh, overtaking on the main straight for the Mercedes cars. Yeah. Um, going to see lots of super fans. Oh, the, the crowd is almost worth the price of admission. Alone. Yeah. It's like if you've got anything to do with F1, you've probably got a super fan in Japan. It's fucking crazy. You could be like David Croft have a super fan. There'd be someone there who's just that he loved David Croft. No, his name Croft. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the Japanese love their F1. Love getting out to to watch it. Be interesting to see Honda going to be on the spotlight. And the thing with Honda at the moment is that they've been refusing to do English interviews. They've only been doing it for the Japanese mm. press because obviously they've been getting the fucking cane in the press. Here they can't hide from them. Yeah, it's their home race. They're, yeah, there's no rock to hide under. You can't escape it. It'll be interesting to see them really under the spotlight and getting grilled and what they, what answers they have for it. Yeah, and another interesting thing is see which corner do you think Maldonado is going to crash out on? Uh, pit entrance, pit exit. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll crash on the way in, the entrance gate. Oh, probably. Uh, I, I don't see him finishing this race, to be honest. Um, I think it's a little too technical, and especially coming into uh, one and two off yep. the line, 
I can certainly see him trying to hold a position that he doesn't have. Yep, and he'll be full of confidence knowing that he's got another season under his belt now. He's just signed up for a year, so... Yeah, so I, I don't think he'll finish again for the rest of the year. No, no. I don't think he'll care either, to be honest. Well, no, he's not known for his uh, fucks given. And, I mean, you have to think for PDVSA, is it really a good investment for them? Because he's not, he's, not, he's not putting a uh, good sort of reputation out there for your name, so... Well, he's only scored the points twice this season. I think he's only finished four times. Yeah. Um, um, one, two. Uh, yeah, he only yeah. scored in um, yep. Canada and... Um, oh, what was it? Canada and... Austria. Austria. Yeah. Speaking of Austria, Dietrich Mateschitz has bought another circuit in Austria. Oh, yeah. So he's got the Red Bull A1 ring, and he just bought... I think it's called Salzburg or, or something like that. But he said it's bought it for um, privately. It's not through the Red Bull Company because he couldn't expect his business partners to fork out money for another circuit or something. <laughs> also, also, just having your own circuit is pretty fucking cool. So, yeah. I, I, if I had that money, I'd do the same thing. Do you reckon he takes some of the RBRs for a spin? I don't know why he wouldn't just tell Adrian to build a car, not for F1, just build the fucking sickest race car you can build. No, mm. no doesn't matter how much it costs, doesn't matter what, t- what technology you put in there, blank canvas, go nuts, and I'll take it for a test drive around my track. <laughs> if I was Dietrich, that is the very first thing I would be doing. Well, maybe it's happened. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, uh, the other good thing is, too, being in Australia, this the J- Japanese Grand Prix isn't at a stupid time. Yeah, that's right. It's not it, getting up at 4 a.m. quite reason, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's 8 p.m., yeah. um, which is, you know, going to be great. Yep. But uh, being a... It's a fairly technical track. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the first sector got a few squiggles. Yeah. Um, most of them being fairly high speed. Yeah. Uh, it's only really turn 11 that's the hairpin. Yep. And even that, it's tight initially, but it opens up quite yeah. uh, quite quickly. So yep. once you take that corner, as soon as you get past 90 degrees, you can pretty much floor it, and they just go in the sweepers. Yep. Um, and because it's an aggressive track with the way you got to um, take the fast speed corners, then you'll send to see a fair few mistakes as well. There's a bit of action there. If you remember the last season... I think it was last thing when Raikkonen sort of came off um, on the straight. Something happened. He's got offline. He's hit a bit of grass and then just lost it. Ended yeah. up coming right across the track and almost taking out pretty much the, the entire people in front of him. Hmm. So, yeah, there's some variables like that in regards to driving because to win, you've got to be on the limit around those corners. Hmm. And to stay on the limit, do a perfect race like that, it's very tough. So it's either mistakes, sort of limiting the mistakes you make or, I don't know, cheating. <laughs> Yeah, well, the other tricky one is uh, turn 16, 17, just before yep. the DRS detection. Yep. Um, because that's pretty hard right, left. Yeah. And then you're on to turn 18 and the main straight where the yeah. DRS is. So getting that corner right, if you're the chase car, is so important. Because yeah. if you can get right up on the gearbox of them and yep. then floor it, uh, you're in business. But yep. um, that's where Red Bull are going to have to try and set up a pass. Yeah. Because if they can get a DRS and then make the pass in yeah. 16, 17 they've got the DRS activation to extend that lead. Yeah. Um, but I still think the Renault is going to be too underpowered yep. to consolidate. I think even with DRS open, uh, the Mercedes factory team will breeze right by them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, like you said, if they are following the Mercedes-powered cars in front of them, they need to stick close in the turn 16, 17 because they're going to lose out on the straights. But yeah, they've got, stay, they've got to stay close enough to them so they can go follow them through all the twisty-windy bits yeah. um, that are after the main straight. So that's the place where they're going to make up time on the Mercedes cars. But to do that, they've got to be right up their clacker down the straight. Otherwise, they just get too far away. Yeah, and obviously with uh, one and two both being right-handers, um, the dive bomb on the inside is going to be the number one move. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but also, can we, the, can we call that the Kobayashi? 
Yeah, all the yeah, or Sato or something like that, or even the. Uh, no, actually, no, I won't call that. Um, <laughs> but um, I, the I red, think the outside pass. Yeah, I, I think, think, I, think gonna... I think Red Bull could do it with the arrow. Yes, but that's it. I think that'll be the only move. And I think it's going to be one where they might threaten it a bit more than actually use it. Yeah, so I, I think it's a good see, setup move. Yeah, yeah. I can see Ricardo if he has passing opportunities, trying to do the outside move a couple of times yep. before he tries the up the middle. Yeah, you just bluff it a couple of times around the outside because the driver in front of you have to be thinking, like, he knows if he's got the arrow to be able to stick around that corner from the practices and everything else. Mm. If he has got it, that's very dangerous and you have to cover that off. Yeah, but again... And that sets up the dive. You have to do it early because yep. the outside passes, once there's marbling, won't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in the first probably 15 to 20 laps, it's an option. Yep. Um, leading into the first pit stop. But yeah. um, once that first pit stop's done... Yeah. You, you can't. Um, if yeah. he uh, tries an undercut, then he's got great... Like, if you've got the, the fresher tyre or whatever, yeah. um, or if he goes longer on the first stint and has fresher tyres coming up later, yeah. then, yeah, it's an option. But after yeah. that, no, nah, you've got nothing. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And it'll be interesting to see how Mercedes respond this weekend because even though Lewis's car had that failure and it wasn't really a serious problem, just a um, freak, uh, freak event, so they said... Um, he wasn't doing good before that problem anyway and Nico didn't have a problem and he was nowhere all race so it's got to be concerning for them and be interesting to see what they've done to analyse what went wrong and how they're going to rectify it for this weekend just adds a little bit of excitement to this race so something different that we haven't seen for a while is Mercedes under a bit of pressure for a change not real pressure it's just perceived pressure because they've made one mistake but still let's put it on them see what happens yeah put them under the torch yeah alright what's your prediction my prediction is shit past the crashes um Ricardo gets fourth, and winner, I reckon, will be Vettel. Yeah, I, I actually think uh, Pastor will crash. I think um, Rosberg will as well. Yep. And my podium would be uh, Bottas, Vettel, Hamilton. Yep. Oh, that sounds reasonable, yep. Cool. Yeah. All right, job done. Um, we'll catch you next week. Yep. All right, see you later. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.